This is the one with Daleks in fatigue. Real Universe Zeppelins. Power Ranger Daleks. A Jammy Dodger. And Winston Spencer Churchill. <laughs> it's called Victory of the Daleks. Here we go. <laughs> We're still on our rentless voyage. All through time and all through space. With Slovene and Angels now. Dalek, Simon's Ood and Wow. Tennant, Smith and Eccleston. And Capaldi, he's the man. Doctor Who is cool again. That was Russell's master plan. Who back when? Reviewing all new who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna, Amy Pond, Rory, Martha and beyond. Join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be but who back when? Who back when? Hello, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, and welcome to another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Dog Past. This is episode N063, Victory of the Daleks. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> to my right is... Hello, I am Ponkin. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and to my left, we have a guest co-host for one episode only. Hello, it's me, Winston Churchill. <laughs> what, what do you normally go by? Do we do we need to call you Winston Churchill? Uh, Marie, I believe you had an alternative. Winnie? <laughs> Winnie would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used mostly to monologues during the war, but I don't get used to it. Rad. <laughs> okay. Glad to have you on board. Sir. <laughs> uh, were, were you wondering what I thought of the episode? Yes. <laughs> I thought the parts with me in it were excellent. <laughs> were there enough parts with you in it? <laughs> My jowls were on top form. <laughs> and, but yes, they could have been more extensively profiled. <laughs> Somehow had an inkling that that might be the case. Okay. <laughs> what did you two think? Marie? I agree. All the parts with you, Churchy, were my favourites by far. Thank you. You can have a part in my cabinet. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I thought you were great, Spence. I had no idea you uh, worked in space. I was quite impressed, in general, uh, by your acting abilities. Uh, how did I work in space? Well, you weren't personally in space, but you're, you had workings in space. You got you, to grips with the gravity bubbles very quickly. Uh, ah, yeah. yes. I, I asserted my control over space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. It's going to be slightly different. Aside <laughs> from the fact that there's a you know, corpulent elderly gentleman with a rather illustrious political career in the room with us, uh, <laughs> smoking a cigar and... Um, I have a proposal. All right, then. Why don't we jump into a B-scow? Wonderful idea, Spence. Time for us to synopsize, lovify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all. We like to call a bicycle chunk of who. Bicycle chunk of who? The Doctor and now ready for anything companion Amy Pond rock up in a Blitz London with nary an eyelid battered. Welcomed into the secret cabinet war rooms by the badass of Blenheim, Winston Churchill, Doc is introduced to the latest invention by Paisley Professor Edwin Bracewell. Uncannily familiar in design, the Ironsides stand to turn the war in Churchill's favour with their plungers of mass destruction. But at what cost? <laughs> Be Peace now over. Uh, you are welcome. Uh, aren't you just? <laughs> yeah. Does anyone ha want to start us off with a question? I don't want to be so presumptuous as to just jump in, assume that I'm the only one with a question. I, I fear the jump has already begun. Okay. And we are doomed to fall with you. All right. Okay. So my question would be, this is jumping ahead quite a, quite a bit in the plot, but did you also think that the professor was a little bit too buff <laughs> once they revealed that he was a robot? 
I have that exact note. <laughs> it's in my notes. It's in my notes. <laughs> Braithwaite is so buff. Three exclamation marks. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. What? Like, like he auditioned for 300, but was rejected. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, Decimus Maximus, whatever his name is. Meridius. Commander of the armies of the north. <laughs> <laughs> Husband to a murdered wife. Yeah, whereas... to a murdered son. <laughs> it didn't really show <laughs> through right, the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a major cinephile. <laughs> Did you write Gladiator? Honestly, no. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. I never defend Britain in her darkest hour. Is that not enough for you? <laughs> yes, sure. It's great. Well done. So the, the, uh, yeah, definitely. When the doctor sonics his chest, revealing his chest plates, he looks very. He looks like you know a gladiator or a centurion or something. He's got abs. Abs of actual, honest-to-God steel. <laughs> it's very weird. Is he now always going to have that? Is this maybe why uh, Amy gets so flirty with him as oh, well? yeah. <laughs> she sees some abs and she just goes for it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. And all the all the other guys in the background, they sort of just gently take a step back. Because they're like, mm, slightly emasculating situation here. I, I presume the flesh on his front will reclose at some future point. Okay. Maybe with a zapper of the Doctor's magic stick. All right, okay. No, because the Doctor leaves him. Does the Doc seal his flesh <laughs> with his magic stick before leaving? I don't feel like he does. I you feel would like hope so. How could that scene go on for so long and that doesn't happen? That's that scene ca- well, they've got other. They have other priorities. I feel like what's going to happen is he's now going to bail. I mean, the what's his face? The is it Bracewell or Braithwaite? Bracewell. Bracewell. <laughs> Somewhere in between. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's going to bone out of there, go find uh, Dorabella, and maybe they'll they'll have a really nice flirty walk uh, in the forest, and then things are going to go really well, at which point she touches his chest and goes, holy shit, you are a robot. <laughs> his heart will be broken, and then all of a sudden, oh. so will the earth be. Um, Dorabella, why? When Amy's like, "What um, have you ever fancied someone you shouldn't have?" and he goes, "Oh yeah, oh, Dorabella." Yeah. Why? Why can't he fancy Dorabella? What's what's like? Why is she forbidden? Fruit? Because he is an unholy android hybrid, <laughs> <laughs> and he must never be allowed to love. Oh, churchy chill. <laughs> <laughs> Churchill. That's really sad. <laughs> but that's whole, entirely fake, right? I mean, that's just like an implanted fake memory. There is no actual Dorabella, right? <gasps> oh my god, so he's going to go and look for Dorabella and uh, there's no post office. With well, the otherwise the, the Daleks built him, like, and aged him, like bicentennial manned him, basically, <laughs> over at least enough years for him to have met someone, been romantically rejected by that someone, mm. and so on. I think Pond yeah, just made right. the assumption that in order to create a little bit of verisimilitude, they implanted some sadness in his backstory. It bothered me how she phrased it, because if you'd fancied someone that like didn't fancy you back, like that's most people have had that. Wasn't the to line... fancy someone you shouldn't. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like she's forbidden fruit. Like what? Like there's some mystery there. And I feel like it's just Amy kind of... So what could it have been? Hinting at like she how she feels about the doctor maybe. Oh oh okay yes very obviously oh, yeah quite obviously now now that you say it it's actually incredibly <laughs> obvious yes it gives you're right him a sly wink <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> so what do you think the actual backstory was of Dorabella? Why was she forbidden fruit? She must have been married or something, or I don't know. Did you for a second think that maybe it it was like Churchill or someone, like a, a man, and that because at the time it was frowned upon and certainly in the military, etc., that maybe that's what was going on? No. Okay. I don't know. Just Well, now you say it, I think that would have been a better storyline, actually. But um, just because she's called Dora Bella, like, do you not make up a name like that, do you? Dora Bella. <laughs> it's an overly feminine name. <laughs> it, it, certainly, yes. Uh, like, suspiciously feminine. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dora Bella, nay, Gary. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's oh, me. Yeah. That was my only note. That no, would have been nice. My only note. And then that is um, that is like a forbidden fruit kind of situation. That's, that's true. A, that's better story. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Should okay. Given her a gender neutral name. Struggling to think of a gender neutral name. Andy. Pat. Pat's good. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Andy. Andy. Yeah. yeah. Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's dozens. <laughs> Nay, hundreds. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Winnie. Winnie! <laughs> that, that would have been totally orcs. <laughs> you didn't have a little soft spot for uh, face? Why do you think I invited him into my private bunker? <laughs> okay. I didn't question his need not to eat, nor to ne- not need the toilets. <laughs> he was That's fine by me. True. Super buff. Constantly deodorizing with motor oil. <laughs> So, yeah, does he think he's human? But yeah. he, he can't have any of the internal... hundred percent. How long has he been in that bunker? Do we see him drinking tea? Yes. Oh, where does we- it go? <laughs> it's extremely oily tea. <laughs> and the Daleks just feed him a little valve, oil. You, know, you know where. That's yeah. why the Daleks make the tea. <gasps> Bingo, bongo. Mm. Yeah, problem solved. <laughs> What did you think of the Daleks in general in this one? I mean, we get two different kinds of Daleks in this one. Mm. I love the first kind. The Ironsides. The Ironsides, in the fatigues, they were great. Yes. Oh, we do, wait, hang on. Why Why were they great? You say that as though the, the next ones are not great. Is that there's a design issue? Or? The, the design was extremely striking. <laughs> <laughs> and their humour was far superior. Their humour? Uh... Maybe you could sound by this next part. Okay. Do you not require tea? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the soundbite. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. <laughs> also, the beginning of this episode was far superior to the end. Mm. Agreed. Why are they wearing, like, the, the bullet belts slash... I mean, they might as well have the little mini cask of uh, brandy a la St. Bernard's or something. I mean, why, why are they rolling around with all of this stuff in a fairly cramped bunker? They're huge. Why are they down there to begin with? Why aren't they upstairs? Yeah. Why aren't they on the roof? They're tanks. You ordered them down there, surely. Yeah, what, why do you invite the... tanks into your bunker? Churchill. They make excellent tea. They are exactly, yeah. They are it's extremely important slash to the war tanks. effort. <laughs> <laughs> we have to remember exactly what society we are fighting for, and that is one built on tea, and so it shall always be. So th- th- there's one scene with the Ironsides that doesn't bother me but perplexes me a little bit, and that's at the very beginning when they've they've just been introduced. The professor goes up to one of them and basically asks. 
the Ironside what their mission is and sort of not sorry, doesn't ask it what its mission is. He says, like, this is your mission, right? You will help the Allied cause in any way that you can. Yes. Until the Germans have been utterly smashed. Yes. And what is your ultimate aim? To win the war! Like, this is what you're doing, isn't it? It, it, something to that effect. It's like you are here to win the war. No, they, they said um, to win the war. Uh, so might, I, Does the doctor? Maybe I'm misremembering this. I, I, my note is: Why would the professor need to tell the Ironsides what their mission is? But if he's just built a tank, why have a? Why even allow for a dialogue? It somehow presupposes that there's consciousness inside this box mm. uh, or tank, and that goes against what he's claiming that they are telling him to claim that they are. You know. And also, where did they? Come? Why would they not pretend to not have any intelligence? Yeah. Is my point. And where did they come from? Because Churchill's like, oh, I've seen the blueprint. We he, we built them, but they can't. They didn't physically build them. That nobody built them. Yeah, they produced fake blueprints, I guess. Yeah, but then do, there are a lot of them. Like, did Braithwaite just turn up and say, "Here, here, here <laughs> sorry, Bracewell, <laughs> turn up and just say, here are my Daleks. I made them in my shed.'" Or like, you would assume there'd be some sort of production line. Yeah, you're right. Is he making claiming to make have made all of them on his own and it, like in secret, and no one else can see how I made them. He's like Alfred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You're right. That's the only way. Because they've just appeared overnight. Churchill's not seen it in in the... Or did you? In the production? Yeah, tell us about this, Churchill. A a month ago, Bracewell came to me with a good idea. He brought with him one Dalek. Then after a fortnight, another one beamed down from its ship. There appeared to be two. (laughs) Whenever I asked Bracewell for another, another would appear. (laughs) He was stuck on three for quite some time. And then the doctor arrived. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'd buy that. (laughs) My issue with the Ironsides is, um, so the Doctor comes in and first thing he says, those are Daleks. He says quite clearly, these are an alien race, these are Daleks. He also... Mission accomplished Daleks, by the way. He says, you know who I am, you always know. He, like they know that he's a doctor and none of this triggers anything and no. it's, he has to say this very specific I am the doctor and you are the Daleks. Daleks in that order for this whole plan to work like do we not think that's a tiny bit of a like, <laughs> long shot there Daleks come yeah, on you're right. <laughs> yeah not very well thought <laughs> I prefer to think of it as they had a minimum threshold of phrasing and once they were quite certain he had surpassed it then they submitted it to the progenitor <laughs> but not before for fear that their plans would founder is my logic not absolute oh, well, uh, a very sound I logic with that <laughs> Spence <laughs> wait hang on did you like the the Ironsides Marie I think in the beginning because it's quite intriguing you see a Dalek branded with the Union Jack and yeah. working for us and they're on your side and that was quite a Ooh, like was a bit thrown by that um, and I did like the little puns about you know, making the tea and the, when he's beating them up <laughs> and it's very different to anything we've seen in New Who so far true certainly true yeah but yeah just um, once the kind of plot started unraveling then you realise that it's it's just so full of holes that it, it I didn't feel there was the tension that you would expect to get from three Daleks in a bunker. Yeah. If you take the episode Dalek, where there's one Dalek in a bunker, and there's tremendous tension, just, you can't, you would never let a Dalek pass behind you. Whereas in this one, it's just like, oh, that's fine. There's a scene where uh, Doc's telling Churchy that the 
they're alien and then he looks up to the like top right hand corner and this the dalek just enters behind him on the screen yeah that's a really nice little it is it's visual. nicely done yeah, yeah i agree but I don't feel like the but tension is there. No, no, not at all. Yeah. What about in the scene where the Doctor attacks the Dalek with the biggest wrench in the entire war? <laughs> what do they use that wrench for? Uh, for screwing and unscrewing pepper pot. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's for uh, Bracewell's private time. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you need a, a third hand. I, I don't know. <laughs> Only speculating. <laughs> okay. We don't know what shape it it could well be hexagonal. <laughs> and let's just clarify, it would be fine if it were. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment here. To be fair, Daleks have probably never seen one. Hopefully Dora Bella has a dick. <laughs> I don't know, have they? Have they seen a naked human? I'm assuming they know exactly what well, humans look like. Yeah, because they, they're they all about a, genetics they and did stuff. They a damn good job of uh, making him look human. Yeah, that's true. Very convincing. I did not know they had that technology. Nor I. Because the, how they speak <laughs> is very... Um, <laughs> why can't they speak? Well, yeah, why don't they have regular voices? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the speaker was, they installed in him. Put that in yourselves. <laughs> I assume they created a cyborg and then stripped off someone's skin and overlaid it. I don't think so. That would be simplest. (laughs) It would just rot. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. And also, no, I don't think so. In general. Because otherwise, like, when the doctor sonics his chest, wouldn't you just get, like, all this just excess skin folded and flapping on this? No, you wouldn't. Oh, I'm spilling vodka everywhere. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) I think we can agree on the conclusion that Bracewell is... Severely, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's Bracewell. You're right. Severely Sorry. underexplained. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What about the other Daleks? What about the new Dalek paradigm? Oh, do you mean one Dalekion? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the Dalek Teletubbies. Scientist, strategist, drone, eternal, supreme, wind, water, heart, baby, sporty, scary, scooby, scrappy, itsy, bitsy, teeny, weeny, tinky, winky, lala, and poe. <laughs> All available in good toy stores. <laughs> so the, the colourful, uh, Technicolor, Teletubby, yeah. Power Ranger Daleks, they bond completely. Yeah, yeah, I hate them. Yeah. Everyone does. Yeah. No one likes that design, and they were assumed to be, like, this is the new generation of Daleks. This Do you is... not own some? Mm. No. No, your figurines? I thought I saw a blue one. Uh, they're classic who, Daleks. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So my, just, my issue is, um, so we've got the little, what's the little pod called that they find that has a de- Dalek DNA? The progenitor. The progenitor, yeah. has pure Dalek DNA. It's going to whack out a Dalek. Um, but d- DNA is, is like, like organic matter. Where does the metallic, where does the machine bit come from? And why, and why is it different? So they probably just have these empty, ten colour shells lying around. around. <laughs> yeah, on this, like, there are three of them left and it's all beaten up, like, spaceship, I don't know. Okay, I've got another question about okay. this whole progenitor business. Well, but, but Spence, you, you look like you want to say something. One wonders why the progenitor, when approached by any being whatsoever, would refrain from unleashing an army of new Daleks to kill them yeah. and thereby <laughs> achieve the same goal. True, that, yeah. that was going to be my question. 
<laughs> it, it, certainly, like it seems as though when there aren't enough Daleks around to give you the order of yeah, you know, reproduce. That's when you need yeah, more Daleks. That's when you should reproduce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, don't they just want to have more Daleks just, in general? They should just constantly be doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No. It's the credo I live by. <laughs> the, <laughs> the other Daleks, which ones were they? Because they are impure, according to the new paradigm. Yeah. I, well, I sort of assumed it was the, like... Cult of Scaro. Part... part human no. that when rose touched and it got human dna added uh, is it those daleks but, but i couldn't remember what happened maybe. wasn't there also something about the dalek emperor said for hundreds of years one cell in a million was pure and went on for ages it was all extremely attenuated mm. but but so and what they've they've mastered the the art of replicating that one cell four or five times in a row but only four or five times what what no i don't understand because they have the progenitive that's now a way to only create that one in a million but over and over and over again however many times you like fuck all the daleks and just do that yeah if you're about purity surely that's what you're gonna do we've had two instances of dalek well the two dalek stories that spring to mind in this context one is E-power of the Daleks. <laughs> E-power. <laughs> New technological... Uh... E-by-gum of the Daleks. <laughs> Northern Daleks. I think it was power of the Daleks. Yeah, Everyone yeah. wants one. Which is a Troughton one where they have this sort of uh, Ford assembly line mm. and they're just creating Daleks and it's just like, oh, take this little thing and mutate and like splooge it into a box and or this pepper paws and then, oh, Dalek. Yeah. Done. Uh, and they just do it, and it's that's their the goal. They just want electricity in order, or static electricity in order to power their thing mm. and their their reproduction process. That is the only thing they're ever thinking of. And then the second thing that that this brings to mind is an audiobook, the very first audiobook that we had a had a go at, which was Blood of the Daleks, which is about how some Daleks are slightly genetically different from mm. other Daleks, and they then wage war against each other because clearly they are. What the other must be impure because yeah. you yourself are always yeah. pure. That doesn't happen here. It seems like whatever the 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 first three Daleks, they just concede. They automatically go, yeah, yeah, kill me. Yeah. You are a real Dalek. I am nothing. Well, I guess because they they hail the progenitor as like that's pure Dalek DNA, and if it doesn't recognize them, then they it's kind of proof that they must be inferior. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Rather than if you if there are two Daleks and you're both going, well, I'm I'm the pure Dalek. No, I'm the pure Dalek. Like, how do you <laughs> how do you win that without who's, who's going to win? Battle? Yeah. And, and do you want to listen to that Dalek argument? <laughs> a little bit. Master <laughs> races were very fashionable at the time. Mm, yes, they were. True. Lots of long eugenics lectures. Yes. Speaking of, it's interesting that you have the the Nazis of space. Mm aiding in the fight against the Nazis of Earth. But that point isn't taken up at all. No. At all. Could have been very interesting. That's a confrontation that you want to see on TV. If you're going to have them during that time period, during that war, then yeah, please have that confrontation, but then you don't. Yeah. Yes. There could be like a moment of mutual admiration or something like that, or at the very least something that mirrors what the original ambition with the Daleks was. Yeah. Yeah. Some awful flicker of recognition between space Nazis and actual Nazis. Oh, yes, those Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, those Nazis. <laughs> mm. 
Mm. The whole new Dalek paradigm mm -hmm. has gone down in history as a terrible failure. They are yeah. no longer that color in New Who. No, but do we still have the new Dalek paradigm? What happens to that? I believe their era has passed. Right. Silently, they have been <laughs> gone back to more classic design. Yes, but the they've changed their design, but they are still the new Dalek paradigm, right? Is it, mm. Are they genetically the same Daleks? I think, yeah, I think that they're... Um, the colourful Daleks that we see are sort of um, like high up important Daleks and they all have like names and then later on the regular like ah, so this is sort of like, like a cult of Scarab Pod 2 yeah basically okay. and so I can't remember what they're all called but I'm sure like Moffat's talked about it and they're Spence like, knows what they're called. He was saying it before. You know. One direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, so they're like, the bulk of them all, will all look identical, like, like yeah. golden, like Daleks, copper Daleks, whatever they are. Okay. Um, and the colourful ones are like, in, like different somehow. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if you see them again. I don't remember ever seeing them again. Mm. Well, maybe once or twice, but then yeah. you know, it fast forward a whole season or something. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Did, Are you did bored we not? Of, oh. Oh, sorry, sorry. Are you? <laughs> no, you do yours. You do. You. I was going to say, did we not think the cult of Scarrow, while having initial promise, turned into a <laughs> dreadful failure? And here Moffat has created his own rival, and it immediately falls flat. This is Moffat's brand new age of Daleks, and instantly we are disappointed. It's a flop. Mm. Yeah, it, it bombs totally. I think da the Daleks are so like iconic and they're so used. If you're going to bring them back again, like there's, the Doctor said, there's a line that says, "This is the final end." Like, <laughs> <sighs> is it? <laughs> How have I let you get away? Ah, <laughs> <Our> fracking. <laughs> <laughs> like every time we see the Daleks, it's like the end of the Daleks. There are no Daleks left. I have killed every one of them, and then oh no! And also, I have a chance to end it all now. Over there that yeah. I missed, yeah. Um, and this cancels out several degenerations of Dalek races. Yep, this brings them right back to the start. They are more powerful than ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, feels a bit done. It's and the a BBC can sell lots of merchandise, which I'm sure they did. Yeah, kids probably did like them. At yeah, least, at least for a bit. Kids like colourful things. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But but that's a fair point to say that it's not quite, but almost a carbon copy of the Cult of Scarrow. Mm. And just oh well, let's have our let, let's have a new version. They look slightly different, so we can claim that they're different. But let's have a new version of uh, Daleks with names, as you said. Yeah. Which otherwise we never get. Yeah. And, Fuck it. Yeah. It doesn't work, and no one likes it. Cult of Scarrow didn't really work either. Mm. Right? Bring back Davros. Yeah. Well, they will. Bring him back now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when we when we get into space... <laughs> <laughs> In our gravity bubbles. <laughs> In the gravity bubbles that somehow allow Spitfires to fly through space... <laughs> What Spitfires needed was more gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we've got 10 minutes. Like, we've got 10 minutes to save the Earth. Um, they run over to Braceface and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Braceface. No comment. Spend at least like three minutes convincing him that he can help and he has to be a man. And, blah, 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 blah. and then suddenly... That from was one of my favourite jowl-shaking moments. <laughs> I bet... <laughs> Yes, we know you're a machine, but are you a man? 
<laughs> That's a good line. That's a good line. There <laughs> should have been a camera right here then, because that was delivered beautifully. Um, but yeah, so so it leaves him seven minutes, and he's looking at his blueprints, and he's like, well, theoretically, it's possible. And then suddenly, poof, we... Every, we have them. Like, yeah, yeah, they're just there. We've like, converted a hundred Spitfires. Yeah. <laughs> and he's found time to find an interstellar television. Yes. And, <laughs> and invented lasers. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and and also that we can recreate the finale of Independence Day. <laughs> My goodness, does it look Independence Day. When they're flying around, they have to shoot a dish, which is right at the bottom, mm. and then there's always like, oh, there's one guy left. There's always you know? one guy left. Danny Boy. Danny, Danny Boy. Boy. So, does it annoy you? Mark Gatiss read this episode. Oh, did he? Guess who is the uncredited voice of Danny Boy? Was it Mark Gatiss? Yes, oh. indeed. Oh, well, you know, well done. Did you say, doesn't that annoy you? Does that annoy you, it, Churchy? It does, it does. Why? Mark Be- Gatiss is, is uh, he's like the red blood cells of Doctor Who. He's, he's amazing. His episodes, on the whole, are not fan favorites, and I think he should be more graceful about not overextending his talents. But doesn't he have panache? And also, doesn't he aid in the production to a certain extent? Right? Surely. He's, he's Moffat's best bud. Oh, maybe that's what just What I'm it, saying is, <laughs> anyone can put on a voice, don't hog the limelight. <laughs> no, I wrote it, I should get to say it, it's mine. Is <laughs> how it went down. Oh, I don't know, I, I think that's okay. I think that doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> However, my goodness, do the Spitfires bother me? Yeah, they should have. Had, if this had been a classic Who serial, then there would have been a gap, like a whole episode's gap between mm. let's have the idea and let's see them in space. And then yeah. the assumption would be that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of mechanics toiling in some hangar somewhere <laughs> and probably having experimental flights and failing. Yeah, and, yeah. and then bringing a handful into space. Yeah, yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. No. Okay, so here's the thing about the pilots that bothered me. That is that in the very beginning, the very beginning when we see the war rooms, uh, they set up that there's a relationship between one of the officers and a pilot. Green and Reg. 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 Oh no, 41, that's Reg's squadron. Bingo. (laughs) Mm. When we then fast forward to the Independence Day scene, I was kind of thinking... Well, doesn't everything lead up to the fact that if, if it's super cheesy, then the one pilot who's left is going to be Reg. be Reg, yeah. Right? Or at the very least, maybe Reg and uh, Danny Boy are the same or, you know, something to that effect. Yeah. But then instead, we get absolutely nothing. And I was thinking, wait, hang on. What about that guy? Yeah. Why did you set him up? And then later on, they just go, en passant, oh, yeah, he was shot down over the channel. It's like... What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's very sad, but come on. But that's a completely redundant storyline. Like that, yeah. Yeah. It's the same. I, I don't know whether something was cut out of it because they set that woman up yeah. to be a, a character and Amy had a little moment with her when they walk, first walked in. And There you go. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to revolve around her Ma- and maybe then she was, was shelved completely. Yeah. yeah. And again, the episode was quite short. Mm. So there you go. Maybe that's what was cut out. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps shit got too real. Because <laughs> <laughs> Danny Boy is just a code word, code name, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Like, he could have been, been, been. Yeah. It wouldn't t- have taken much to like write that yeah, in. No, I, I feel like that would have made more sense. Danny Even Boy's if fellow wants... pilot was definitely called John Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> 
John Jupiter. No code names. <laughs> um, the thing that bothered me about that scene as well is the um, the doctor going, oh, yeah, by the way, I, I can lower the shield. Should I lower the shield? Shall I do that? Yeah, okay, sure. It's like, why I can only do it for a short time. But why not do it? Why not offer that in the beginning? Like, and... Why does he look so sad about it? He looks really depressed about lowering the shields. Like something terrible is going to happen if he lowers yeah. the shields. Like it will come at some awful cost. Yeah, it Wait, does, hang on. It? Where? When? Oh, so when he's aboard the he's Dalek in ship? The tar- no, he's in the TARDIS now. Yeah, but is the TARDIS still, aboard the Dalek ship? Yeah. Okay. But he says, like, I can lower the shields, but briefly. But it's, he just... He sounds like it's like the weight of the world is on his shoulders and this is going to cause like a catastrophe. Yes. He talks like one oppressed. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, it's that ambivalence or it's sort of that it, vacillating between yes the Daleks need to be eradicated and oh no am I now committing genocide? Am no, because I, at this point all they're doing is taking down the um Oh, the antenna uh, the thingy. The antenna to turn the lights off in London. To turn, London. Wait, 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 hang on. Let's just put this into perspective. <laughs> to turn the lights off. So, uh, yeah. Could they not? I mean, what the hell, Daleks? Giant space uh, umbrella. Not umbrella. What a uh, thingy. Per- parabolic. Wait, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. the antenna thingy. It turns on all the lights in London. All of them feel like there's a better way of doing that. like <laughs> you want to destroy london you want to do something i don't shine a light on them <laughs> yeah or <laughs> yeah. like press a button and all of a sudden it's daytime drop, drop a bomb on them like. drop a bomb <laughs> yeah how important is it to have <laughs> humans killing humans and why do you have why is it such a massive device just to turn on the lights and i love i love the setup as it when i say love i mean hate of the um the guy on the rooftop who goes Oi, turn that light out because we have to know that lights are bad. You can't yeah. just be given the like benefit of the doubt that you understand what the blitz is. <laughs> like we've seen World War Two before. You know, we have to tell tell you that lights are bad so that when all the lights go on, we know that it's dangerous. When we were last in the blitz, wasn't there also a light thing? Uh, wasn't there also an element of oh no, turn off the lights? You know, with uh, Captain Jack, with Jack and, and Rose. yeah, exactly. Wasn't there something else like that, Churchy? Do you remember I, this? I wasn't there. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you were. You were just well, busy. Yeah, you were yeah. just. <laughs> otherwise, you were doing this, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were building iron sides. <gasps> Do you think they were clever enough to, for it to have been the same thing? Like, no, 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 not no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> Full on retcon. My, my problem with the scene is, yeah, the ship's a wreck. There's not enough power to destroy London, <laughs> but there is enough power to turn all the lights on. <laughs> That's they got a very them, fine line. They got them <laughs> energy-saving light bulbs, though, so... Yes, all halogen. Bracewell took care of it. It would have taken less time to, for Churchill to just go, all right, on the radio, all right, Britons, everyone, grab a light bulb, turn it counterclockwise. <laughs> <laughs> problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> My problem, I have another problem with that scene. Okay. Which is, London is sitting ducks. And Winston just says, well, I suppose everybody's going to die before three in the morning. And all he does is quack. He goes, quack, quack, quack. Oh, this is bad. Instead of, fucking hell, we're all doomed and done for, and Adolf Hitler is going to win, and Nazis are everywhere. And it's, it's all tremendously restrained and underdone. It's awful. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, it's somewhat defeatist. It's weird that um, it was very restrained and underdone throughout the whole episode, apart from there's one moment where um, the like klaxon sounds to say the bomb threat is over. Oh, yeah. And Churchy goes, Oh, my God, thank God. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, Meanwhile, it, it, everybody around him is fine. They're going about their business. They haven't even noticed the alarm. Um, and he just falls to pieces. And it's like... <laughs> Come on, man. Put yourself together. I don't know. Do you think maybe that's in some way related to the fact that in this episode, Churchill is portrayed as a complete and utter fraud and a massive fucking pickpocket? <laughs> <laughs> He's nothing but a bloody thief. Yeah. <laughs> like, in fact, let's, you know, and let's end on Churchill being a thief. <laughs> what have we learned from this episode? <laughs> let's remember him heroically. Yeah. <laughs> nope, no. nope, nope, nope. Thief. Nope. Thief. 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 Thief in bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I was stealing it for the greater good of the world. So, a question. It, 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 doesn't this break Time Lord, not Time Lord rules, but like time rules? Why is the Doctor able to go back to the Blitz as he has been there already? Is he not now crossing his own, you know, path? But I guess it's... Uh, it was a long period. He wasn't there on the same... He's not there on the same day in a different... No, that's true. That's absolutely true. But isn't he changing? I mean, any change he affects in either one of these two instances, mm. either when he's there as Eccleston or when he's there as Matt Smith, either one of those times, and I guess it doesn't really matter for Eccleston because he went there before Smith, yeah. but when he goes there as Matt Smith, he's now affecting change. Mm. Oh, should they, oh, this is wildly confusing. They are both affecting change to the same period in time. Yeah. Uh, and surely there's going to be a ripple at some point. Yeah. You know, maybe one of the dudes having cocktails with Captain Jack is no longer going to have cocktails with Captain Jack because the lights went on. Mm. Or because he flew a Spitfire into space. Bingo. We, we th th lost so many pilots. Yeah. If this happened before uh, Eccleston's visits, then but this, um, no, none of those people will have been there. But if he hadn't come, then they would have all died and that would have made more of a ripple, wouldn't it? Yeah. No, they yes. wouldn't have died because they wouldn't have been there to trigger the Daleks. The Daleks would have saved the war. If he'd never turned up. Uh, well, presumably at some point the Daleks would have just gone, oh, to <laughs> hell with this. this we'll just take over now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's how I always get around the um, like fixed point in time things and um, and he can change things. And I feel like if he he's kind of almost meant to intervene here because if he doesn't intervene, then the whole course of history changes because there weren't Daleks in World War Two. So if he doesn't go there, then everything's fucked. Mm. Um, so he kind of has to go there. Yes, but um, if you can't play a player, you can't unripple a ripple. Yeah. Hmm. But also, um, maybe the TARDIS, that's why it was a month late because maybe the TARDIS knew exactly where he needed to be so that he wouldn't cause a ripple effect with the oh. other previous time because we know that the TARDIS is um yeah that's possible there is also the question of them. Amy does not know who the Daleks are and so there is more timeliness and wibliness and wibbliness and wobbliness than any of us can comprehend that's very true that was quite intriguing actually. yeah I, I thought agree. that was a nice just subtle little like nod to it and do, you then, do you remember what that's about? I don't. And please don't spoil it. But I do you remember do. what it is? Oh, you do remember yeah. what it is. Do you remember mm -hmm. Spence? No. Okay. <laughs> I died in 1965. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you got the book set from someone. The doctor, presumably. <laughs> yes, let's go with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I have more points about my presentation. Oh, let's episode. hear it. One is my dramatic speech comes out of nowhere when the doctor says, Winnie, can we have another chat? 
and then suddenly I'm on about the empire and the country and all this stuff, and I'm I'm getting all worked up, uh, seemingly, which I do not do again. I'm uniquely there with no stimulus. It's extremely jarring. Mm. Yeah. And then there was a good point about the millions of lives. I made the good point. Okay. About well the millions of lives to be saved, and I wonder how Hubakwen's many listeners in Japan feel about this. When thinking, if I had the TARDIS key, how things could have gone differently, I think you'll all agree I had an excellent point to make, and I made it well. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Great, let's lead us into the realm of controversy. Um. <laughs> there is one other thing. Farewell, listeners in Japan. <laughs> there is one other thing. When the doctor knocks the cigar out of my mouth, I should be much, much angrier Certainly about mm. that. Because this is how the famous photo on the back of the five-pound notes, the one that Yusuf Karsh took during the war after I had visited the Canadian Parliament in Ottawa, and he grabbed it out of my mouth, and I looked ready to devour him, he said. And that was how he got me to look quite so angry. Uh, wow. So they should have done their fucking research. <laughs> should have done their fucking Like someone research. else did. Yeah. Who back when? Very educational show, ladies and gents. Yeah. <laughs> That's my segment over. <laughs> Um, the other thing that that didn't get as big a reaction as it should or have and or didn't need to happen at all is okay. why does the doctor punch Braceface? Oh, agreed. Yeah, like why? Entirely unnecessary. <laughs> Entirely Absolutely superfluous. Because I assumed he was like punching to knock him out, and then we can deal with the bomb without the conscious person there. But it does. It's just no, 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 no. <laughs> just push him over, surely. Just push him. Well, just say, excuse me, but can you just lie down for a second? I need to get at your chest. Yeah. Please lie down on the ground and let me take your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, <it's> certainly Dorabella. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a kinder way of doing it than just like yeah. uppercut. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah. Nonsensical scene. No. Yes, there was a strong episode to be had here at its core. There was. There many mm-hmm. peripheral th- detractions. And subtractions, indeed, as we shall see. Mm. Agreed. How how often do we have the 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 team of uh, Gatiss writing Moffat's? Wait, did Moffat direct or did he? No, uh, he didn't. Some fellow called Andrew. All oh, right, uh, but okay, yeah, fine. So, how often do we have Gatiss writing now? Gatiss wrote "Sleep No More." Okay, he wrote "Robot of Sherwood." Oh, right. oh, great. Fantastic. He does not have the strongest record. Mm. Remember that one fondly. Yeah. yeah. He cannot do endings, <laughs> as I think was amply demonstrated. He's also not yeah. great on middles. <laughs> on <Are> beginnings? <laughs> that is something to say about this episode. It is extremely episodic. The Daleks even say, commence act two, and then oh. Bracewell and co is act three. It's like... Three episodes stitched together, extremely episodic, which is why all the good momentum from the beginning is utterly lost by the end. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to think, I'm trying to add this to the the hero's journey circle. You have the, the sage old man who is brace well, brace face. There yeah. is another contender for that title. Uh, are you, you going to suggest yourself here? I would not be so immodest. But I thought you were I very would... young and dashing, Churchy. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you can come back. <laughs> well, it is Braceface, because Braceface gives him the, the portion the, of 
technology of mm. here are planes that can fly into space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah, thought anyway. I thought the first five seconds were excellent. The first five seconds. The first five seconds. <laughs> Only the, the first five seconds? The imagery, the sirens, the camera work moving across the map table. I was immediately transported back to my history in the cabinet war rooms. It was all extremely realistic and extremely involving. And Must have been tough. That was the high point. Okay. <laughs> the first five seconds were the high point. I'm afraid so. Good. It was overly patriotic as well. I know it's World War Two, but like... Oh, there was also like American patriotism. You know the when they lift the flag. Yeah. Oh, the Iwo Jima. It's like the Iwo Jima thing, but they're yeah. doing it with the UK flag. Yeah, you're right. Like why? <laughs> yeah, very much so. And it's like just in my notes. That's in my notes. It's in my notes. It's <laughs> like generic world, like World War Two music, just like bouncing along every fact. Like the music's so in, like over the top. And then a long, loving, lingering shot of the flag in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't really get away from that that stereotype in any kind of war motif. I feel like you can. I don't feel like you can. I, you well, doesn't I have mean, to be that much. Can you think of a single, uh, you know, made-for-TV production that takes place during a particular war? Not that always does. I'm not talking about, you know, Platoon B in Vietnam or something. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, Doctor Who, for example, which occasionally dips a toe in an mm. actual war. There's always an element of patriotism or is well yeah this is after all the second episode in a row where there has been uk flags everywhere yeah i would welcome oh yes oh you're right that's something i never expected to hear churchill say but yeah so it got a bit much yeah no you're very right oh my goodness i hadn't thought about that that's super right Two massively patriotic slash nationalist but at least like last last week it was um like the it, UK is it the was patriotic, but it was very like a twisted kind of dark patriotism. And yeah, that's true. Well, wasn't. last week's was better, wasn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and now it's just like rammed down your throat. It's overly, yeah, overly patriotic. You could imagine perhaps the pandemics at the BBC after one episode with ever so slight satire, and they say no, we must revert to type, yeah, <laughs> and drive up the merchandise sales and the love for UK Limited, UK BLC. Please, just don't stop loving us. <laughs> that would be the end of everything. We haven't talked about the actors. Oh, oh yes, you're right. I think that, yeah, the actors, Pond and um, Matt Smith, I think did a great job. That was like, because I, I do, I think the the writing and the plot and everything just fell f- so flat for me this week. I had very little positive to say, but oh, no. I think that the, ac- the acting was really good, actually. I, okay. still, I still like those two characters, and I like how they interact with each other. Yeah, we didn't get that much interaction oh, no, between no, them. No, but I don't we didn't know. get that many actors actually, um, as pon- in not like, main actors. Yeah, Pond starting to hold her own, and like yeah, I don't know. I liked it. What did you think? I thought she had an unenviable task. Saying, mm. "I basically fancy the Doctor, and this is how love will win the day." Oh, and, and that scene could have been even worse, but. She redeemed it. I yeah, think she did she redeem it. it. Yeah. She did. Because that was a terrible, terrible scene. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Love worst. will win the day. Yeah. Yet again, have we not had that quite recently in something, as in I say quite recently, have we not reviewed something and said exactly that in some at some point in the last year or so? Quite possibly. And it will Can't come back that. again and It'll again. It'll come back again. And yeah. in that scene also, the choirs were back. From the RTD era, they were back and they yeah. were in full voice. Oh, yeah. did Drew tell you how much he hates uh, choir suspense? Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have consulted. 
<laughs> I, I, I have taken over. I am the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to Drew Backwen. <laughs> <laughs> this is not even the beginning of the end of my impression. It is just the end of the beginning. <laughs> I will defend my impression until the end of the episode, whatever the cost may be. <laughs> the actors. The actors. Ian McNeese. Yes. Uh, what, how did you feel about him, Churchy? I thought that fine. Oh. I was going to talk about his... Because we've encountered him before on Who Back When. Have we? Mm, yes, in audiobook form. He was in something called Something Something. Um, <laughs> <Informative>. Good title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perpetually young. Uh, forever uh, young. I, I want, want to be forever young. young. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. It's, it's not anything like that, I'm sure. It's something completely different. <laughs> Outside of Doctor Who, he has been in Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, the terrible first Bridget Jones sequel, and loads of TV. Uh, it, he was in Immortal Beloved. That's the um, <laughs> the audiobook I was thinking of. Yeah. Splendid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Peterson, the android chap. I liked him. He was in Baron Munchausen. Really? Yes. Well, the Terry Gilliam one? Indeed. Oh, I like that. Whom does he play in Baron Minchhausen? I can't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Informative. IMDb at Podcast Land. No. He was also in Kingdom of Heaven, but only the director's cut. All right, fine. I've and, seen neither version. of course, Spice World. Oh! So that guy's really made it. <laughs> no wonder we don't see him in anything anymore. He doesn't need to be in anything anymore. Uh, I think he did a spiffing job in this episode. I like the professor. Really? Yeah. Even the endless writhing around on the floor. That was compelling, was it? No, I mean, wait, sorry, hang on. Let, let's clarify. That's that's just shitty writing. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't his fault. <laughs> no, but he as a character was really charming, I thought. Yeah. And especially at the end when they let him go, and he's a little bit... He's a bit dim for a professor. Like, why, why, why doesn't he get it? Wait, hang on. Why is he a professor? Does he teach somewhere? What is this? <laughs> is he just like? Isn't he just Gary who built a Dalek in his shed? He's just a made-up character. They they gave him the title professor so Churchy would take him seriously. Oh, that's nonsense. Yeah. And a white lab coat. Yeah, and a, and a lab coat. <laughs> like, yeah. This man came to me with a white lab coat. <laughs> he must know what he's talking about. Obviously, trusted him to Legit. beam Daleks down from space. <laughs> yeah. But that's a lovely scene at the end. It is. I think that's a nice scene. Yeah, Even and he's so grateful. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I, I misunderstood it at first. Oh. When the doctor said, I can pop away for 10 minutes, and Amy said, make it 15, I thought she was going to give him the ride of his life <laughs> <laughs> to activate him. Off like camera, though. Off camera. been activated before. <laughs> <laughs> off camera, on camera. Certainly off camera, not off camera. <laughs> Whichever way. <laughs> I've already seen it in my mind. <laughs> There's nothing anyone can do about that. No, no one can make you unsee it. <laughs> it's too late. He's so bad. Do right in. I just couldn't resist. <laughs> Who else? There was no one else really in this race. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's pretty. It. Pretty much it. Um, what did you think about the um, Tommy Dodger? Did you like it? Was it too bad? Liked it for a bit. Yeah. It grew tiresome. Yeah. Did anyone not immediately identify it as a jammy dog? <laughs> no, but the joke was that everyone would, right? But Except the Daleks. Daleks yeah. Yeah. I but they've been studying humanity enough to make a really feasible, lifelike human. 
Also, I mean, surely they, I mean, they don't um, just look at people. They, like, scan people and stuff. Surely they'll go, like, your self-destruct button is made out of flour and jam. <laughs> Time Lord biscuit technology. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think they say, I thought it was cute at first, and then yeah, and then went on way too long. Wow. Yeah. Oh, there's a scene. Oh, this is just nitpicking, but there's one bit of that scene mm. when they're looking on Earth in the bunker. They're looking at him through the space TV. And he stood way too close to the Dalek. Yeah, he's doing so close that like, it's basically poking him in the chest. And you've just seen him. I, that really bothered me. So much. Like, it's so nitpicky, and I normally hate it when people do this, but it was so but like, obvious. For flip's sake, like, just pull the camera back a little bit, yeah. and then you can still film them standing further apart. Yeah, and also, like, in the in the scene in the with the Daleks, he was all animated, he's using his hands, he's, like, walking around like he is, and then he was just stock still, stood, like, don't move or you'll, like, get out of frame. Ugh. I feel like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like there's an alternate cut of that scene mm. actually shot on the set, yeah. not through the Dalek TV thing or the yeah. space TV thing, where part of the joke was that with the eye stalk or, or the, sorry, the laser whatever thingy, the whisk, the Dalek actually pokes him in the in the guts, yeah. like pokes him in the torso or whatever, <laughs> and and sort of bumps him. Yeah. And because then when you see it on the TV, I'll include a screenshot of this. Mm. I'll try anyway to remember. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really looks like he's poking him, and you mm. wouldn't include that yeah. unless you are desperately running out of screen space, which you're not, because yeah. how long does it take to just retract the camera a little bit? Mm. Or you're trying to make a point, which must be humorous in nature. Mm. So, yeah. Curious. Very curious. Bugged me a little bit. Me too. Something that bugged me. Mm-hmm. When the TARDIS leaves the war rooms for the first time, why don't Winston and Amy, who are watching avidly, notice the big laughing crack in the wall behind it? Mm. Wait, Winston and Amy. Oh, right! The TARDIS goes... It lands in the same place, does it not? Does, does it? Does it? In Maybe the same not. Place, uh, it probably not. doesn't. Hmm. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I wondered about the cracks. This, uh, this is now the third time we've seen it, and in every time, it's a very different place. Like, all, always on kind of... Does uh, it move? It moves, though, But it's right? moving, yeah. It must but do. As, yeah, wondering whether it's not it's not in a static place, but it's just following Amy. Oh! Is it? Clever. I don't remember, but that's a super clever theory. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's a solid theory. Thanks. Because otherwise, at some point, you would get someone in the war room, like you know, the, someone's dusting. Can I yeah. Come on, I remember when Daleks did this, <laughs> and, and then, or you know, bringing tea. Yeah. And then it, it, suddenly, just stumbling upon this massive glowing crack in the wall, going, yeah. "Oh, uh, guys, <laughs> never mind the Nazis. We've got bigger problems." <laughs> There's a giant eyeball behind here. <laughs> <laughs> touch it! Someone touch it! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I assume I assume more will be revealed as we go further Probably. into that storyline. Yeah. yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, Should I, we rate this? Oh, you no, got some more. I have a couple more. Um, <laughs> no, no not yet. No, 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 no. no. Okay. <laughs> no, the only thing um, I wondered about the, what you thought about the blue screens as well. The like when we're seeing through the Dalek eyeball. Uh, oh, because it happened. That happened quite a lot. I don't really remember making a note of that. Hmm. You, you mean Dalek Vision? Yeah. Because oh, I think no. the first time... Um, we've seen that before, haven't we? Have we? Yeah, certainly in Dalek. I feel like we've seen that a bunch of times. Oh. But not with Smith in the sights. Oh, not with Smith. No, that's true. I think the first time it happened, I quite liked it because it was like, 
kind of hinting that there was something inside. Isn't they're not just a robot? There is a being in there looking at you, which is what the doctor was saying, but nobody yeah. else believed him. Um, but then it just seemed to happen a lot, and it was always an extreme close-up of like they're looking at Matt Smith or through whoever. this fisheye lens. Yeah, yeah, it just it just felt a little bit like they're kind of filling it with camera tricks because there's not much else going on. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's what was going on. Perhaps your dissatisfaction also arises from Smith was being quite compelling by himself. Yeah, he was doing a great job. Yeah. So why you didn't need to CGI around him. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. True. He, True was, he was doing a great job. He was. After three episodes, he convinces me more as an angry centuries-old alien than Tennant ever did. Yeah. Oh, so sorry. Mm. David Tennant, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> we would love to have you on the show. Yeah. Just to have a little quick chat with you. Oh. Um, David Tennant, he would he would get extremely angry, but he would never lose his balance. Matt Smith, he gives himself into the rage, and you don't know what will follow. Whereas David Tennant, he would always rock back to his self-obsessed equilibrium. Like one of those... Um... <laughs> What are, those, what are those toys that always self-right? What the ones that drink water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Bobby Ducks. Let's call them Bobby Ducks. Let's call them Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Ducks. Ducks. Yeah. It's no That's what we call them during the blitz. It's no worse than Dora fucking Bella. <laughs> <laughs> that is your real name, <sighs> Horace. <laughs> Anything else? Um, just a few more. Okay. <laughs> Oh, wow. I wrote, so, okay, I wrote a list of, like, things I liked and then things I hated, and my things I hated list was so much longer. Oh. So I just feel like I have to cover, like, we've covered all the, those. Okay. Just some of the, like, nicer points I like. Oh, yes, please. Um, so I did, like, uh, I know they're, they're saying there wasn't too much interaction between Amy and the Doctor, but um, I liked when he calls her Amelia, because he's, like, he's shouting at her, he's trying to get her to stop. I think she wants to talk to the Daleks because she thinks they're, you know, she's never met them before. She doesn't know how terrifying they are. She's yeah. like, oh, I'll just go and ask them. This is what we do. This is what we've done the last couple of episodes. You just talk. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, Amy, come back here. Amelia. Um, and that was a lovely just little moment. And then I like I like when he says, come along, Pond. I think, I don't know. Has he uh, said that? Yeah, is that the first time? I don't know. But he starts to say that quite a lot. And yeah, I love right. that little phrase. I that turns into a sort sweet. of a Smithism. Yeah. Yeah, it's a and lovely then, thing as well. And he gives her a kiss on the forehead as well, right? At the oh, end, she I saves know. the day. And he's so, like, overwhelmed and excited. And he's just like, ah, and, ah, and kiss on the forehead. And it's, but all of these little things, is like, he still sees her as that little girl. It's quite clear that, like, she hasn't grown up to him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and um, chaste on his part, but yeah. enough to keep her interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Naughty fancy. <laughs> And then just one little thing that I just think was a missed trick was when um, when they arrive and Turchy is like, whoa, you're like, what did you say when they first get there? You're late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and Amy just looks really blank. She doesn't have any reaction. And I think you should be telling him off. You should be yeah, like, like, I oh, know about I know. this. Like, like, tell don't me about, about Don't worry about a month, Churchy. Yeah, yeah. I waited for years Talking and years. years. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like that was a little missed. That would have been quite a sweet little moment. And they yeah, just, that's true. Yeah. 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 So, Good point. I have something I hated. Ooh. Ooh. The lift. Yeah, see the lift endlessly rising. It stops halfway up the lift shaft and they're on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> 
did not notice that. No, me neither. <laughs> All the shots from above. Yeah. It never approaches to within any near distance. Well, you don't know. Maybe there's like a massive tower reaching up from the roof. <laughs> above the cabinet war room. Yeah. An obvious target for the Nazis. Yes. <laughs> the Luftwaffe. <North> <laughs> I would like you to give me a little more credit. I did win the war. Yes, you did. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm, yes, well I'm well done. very grateful. By collaborating with aliens. <laughs> Stealing TARDIS keys. Yeah. A thief. <laughs> Shall we jump into ratings? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's. <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Churchy, would you like to take it away? Thank you. <laughs> there was a countdown in this episode, <laughs> but it was at least not numerical, <laughs> and so the variation means I will not subtract too many points from the score. I thought I thought Ian McNeish was a good me, if a little overdone at times. I thought the Daleks in uniform and their insertion into history was very nearly ingenious, mm-hmm. and Smith was amazing, Amy's okay. The episode could have breathed a little more. Unfortunately, it was very front-loaded. It got worse in an almost linear fashion. One mystery was replaced with another. You could say that's good structure or bad. It was almost mechanical. Is Mark Gatiss trying to tell us he's an android? Is my question. I gave it quite a high rating after our discussion. I will not be giving it a high rating. (laughs) It may be higher than yours. Ultimately... It will be a 2.7. Higher than last week. That's exactly what I was going to say. I thought last week's top to this one. Did you not? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I thought this episode had an awful lot of potential. A lot of it was unrealized, Mm. but it was still fun enough for me to watch it twice and not find it too much of a drag. 2.7. All right, then. I had the uh, opposite experience to Churchill. Um, because you weren't in the episode? Yeah, probably that. Probably. <laughs> you're so biased. You can't rate it higher just because you're in it. Um, but yeah, I watched... Can the, and will. Re- remembered it. Um, so the preview last week, kind of remembered it with a bit of a yawn and be like, oh, it's that one, isn't it? And wasn't really looking forward to it. Watched, tried to watch it with an open mind and thought, oh, it's fine passable episode Rewatched it again today and it actually got me really angry <laughs> like Ooh. the amount of plot holes and just hand waving and just like oh yeah we'll just make gravity bubble we'll just make lasers we'll just do this we'll just we'll just turn this robot into a human because he remembered a long lost love that never existed like we didn't even really touch on that how you diffuse a bomb by making someone believe oh, they're human just Come yeah on. oh like Shit. <laughs> it just felt like absolutely no thought whatsoever went into the plot. It's um, a Saturday morning cartoon level of yeah. resolution. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just really <laughs> bothered me. And then like and the beginning the setup was good. There was a there was a the lady that had the boyfriend on the plane, there was this intrigue, and then that went nowhere and it just ugh, yeah. There were some nice moments. I did like um What's his name? Winston Spencer Churchill. No! <laughs> Brace, Brace, Brace face. No. Brace <laughs> face. Well. Edwin Bracewell. Brace well. Brace well. Edwin Bracewell was lovely. <laughs> Edwin the buff android. 
points, extra points for his chest because that was very well sculpted. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. And I was like thinking back over other episodes I've rated low, low scores to and whether it would be higher or lower. And, and also on my, on my list of likes, I had nine likes. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give them a decimal point each and give it a 0.9. <gasps> Oh, this is unheard of. You are so much... <laughs> you're giving this so much lower a score than, than either one of uh, us. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Well argued. <laughs> Comparing this to the, the last one that we did, which was The Beast Below, we weren't huge fans of The Beast Below. Speak for yourself. Oh, sorry, of course, because you gave it a 7.12. The... the <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of The Beast Below. Mm. But conceptually, it's slightly more interesting than this one. And therefore, I have to go lower than that. Based on everything that we've discussed now, I'm not going to go into the intricate detail, but as both of you have said, I feel, feel like just so much more could have been done with almost literally every aspect of mm. this episode. It just means we're left with so many holes, plot holes, uh -huh. so many, so many plot holes. And the unanswered questions and, well, questions that shouldn't have even have been asked in the first place. Like, this episode would have been a richer one had those questions not been asked. But the actors did a spiffing job, and I, I was probably particularly taken with, what's his face, Ian McNeese? I think he, he did a, a wonderful job portraying Churchill, basing this solely on, <laughs> like, a few clips of Churchill I've seen <laughs> in my life, and then primarily other actors portraying Churchill. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought he did a very charming job. Uh, and uh, Doc and Pond, great. Mm. But because of all of the nonsense that happens in this one, I'm giving this a, this a two point. <sighs> Wait, hang on. Before I give the decimal point, I did rewatch this one only yesterday, and I found that it was, while not unpleasant, it was kind of meh to rewatch mm. for me. And it just felt like, well, I'm only rewatching this because I didn't make notes the first time around, uh, and I probably won't be rewatching this one anytime soon. Mm. Like it's, it'll be on the next time I go through the entire season. Two point ugh, three. The more you think about it, the worse it gets. Yeah, that's it, the problem. It does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Jim, Jim asked me if we could not rewatch this one. He was like, I don't want to go through it. Again. <laughs> I thought there were also, there are some things I've thought of. Oh, yeah? Some things that were just hinted at. Amy, when she talks to Bracewell and pulls the gun away from him and he's about to commit suicide, she says, I really understand how you feel. Yeah. Do you think that in the long years absent of the doctor's absence, mm -hmm. she contemplated that? I, I like that interpretation, actually. I hadn't really considered that because I, I was just thinking... Mm. He's found. He's just found out he's a robot, Amy. What do you mean? You know how he feels. Like <laughs> I really hated that line because I did, I kind of took it too literally. But that's a nicer interpretation, actually. Yeah. I don't think so. It's a nice interpretation, but I don't think that the, that that kind it's of trauma exists in her uh, in her past. Mm. I have another nice interpretation. Okay, <laughs> I bet when, you it is nice. When they're talking to Bracewell, face, face, <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor thinks the way to. Rubber stamp your humanity is to think about how hurt you have been and what pain you have suffered. Yeah. And Amy, while love is a facile conqueror of all, it's still a nice contrast that that is the hurt that bestows more humanity on you than what you have suffered. It is the, the goodness of our existence that brings you 
up cheap resolution. <laughs> <laughs> wait, hang on. So you're saying it? it wait, because how, how did their how that, did their suggestions differ? He goes, "Oh, you lost your folks. Think about how that made you feel." And she goes, "You weren't allowed to love someone." How did that make you feel? Because uh, uh, the feeling is more human. Like, everyone's, like... They, they are similar, but they are character-appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Plus point one for the writing, 2.7. <laughs> oh! <laughs> really? I had 2.7. I am just trying to justify... Oh, I see. Okay, okay. <laughs> rather outline. It doesn't work if you have to explain it, Minus Georgie. one for how quickly the blips, the, the red blips, that are, yellow blips that are turning red, oh, how yeah, the slowly blips. they go around, and then as soon as he thinks of Dora Bell, go whoop, all the way back again. That was too fast for my liking. Oh. oh all the energy in his body went straight somewhere else. <laughs> His heart. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> off, off camera. His big hexagonal heart. <laughs> <laughs> and this first one, this first list of mini comes from none other than Michael Ridgway. Hello, Hello Michael. Michael. <laughs> Hi, Michael. He says, updated with less typos. <laughs> Michael, that should be fewer typos. <laughs> But we forgive you because we love you. <laughs> Michael says, Why tempt us with a sneaky Dalek story then blow the tension after 12 minutes? Why do Ironside Daleks carry water canteens? Why does the Dalek spaceship look like an underground car park? Did they forget to build the set? Why would Davros's Daleks willingly be exterminated by Scaro Daleks? Why would the new Paradigm Daleks bother exterminating inferior Daleks, given that Daleks regularly use inferior species as servants? Yes. Yeah. How did Bracewell build his theoretical gravity bubble Spitfire so quickly? Mm-hmm. If it was time to think big, why produce three measly Spitfires? Why not send a few frigates into space? Why didn't Churchill just use the space Spitfires to destroy the attacking Luftwaffe rather than send them <laughs> against the more deadly Dalek ship? Why didn't the Doctor just consider sacrificing London to a Luftwaffe bombing run, killing a few thousand, rather than let the Daleks escape? Who could go on to kill millions? Why didn't the Daleks kill the Doctor when the TARDIS self-destruct was revealed to be a Jamie Dodger? Why did the Doctor punch Bracewell? Why didn't the Doctor just fly Bracewell into space during the slowest bomb countdown ever? Why didn't the Daleks blast London with the lasers they used to blast the Spitfires? <laughs> Why didn't the Daleks use the Bracewell bomb in the first place rather than lighting up London? Why did it take five people to raise a small flagpole, Iwo Jima style? Windy. <laughs> did the flagpole fall down in the night, or are they erecting a new flagpole? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Why would Bracewell go off to meet Dorabella if she isn't his real memory? Yes, exactly. Why was there a half-hearted attempt at depicting the horrors of war with an off-screen death of someone we don't care about married to someone we don't care about? Why didn't I just rewatch World War II era seventh Doctor masterpiece, The Curse of Fenric, where the Doctor takes on a, a horde of vampire zombie Vikings? All valid questions, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> and yet, surprisingly, he gives this a... 2.9 Jammy Dodgers. Ah, uh, but Jammy Dodgers are worth less than regular points. Yeah, they're not like when, right? hobnobs, are they? No, so 2.9 Jammy Dodgers are like 1.8. Uh, 1.6? Uh, I think it's an excellent rating, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it is an excellent rating. Don't let the haters hate. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks for the mini. Okie dokie. Leon, I believe there is a second list of mini in that mailbag of yours. There is indeed, and this one comes from Tracy. Hello, Tracy. 
Hi, Tracy. And Tracy says, Okay, have we got callbacks? This episode mirrors the power of the Daleks. We have the Daleks masquerading as helpful beings, the Doctor freaking out, and the same Dalek eye stalk point of view. And Ma- oh, so it does well, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Matt Smith plays this similar to Patrick Troughton, with a mixture of barely concealed terror and insatiable curiosity. To this combination, Smith adds a character element that will become seminal to Smith's Doctor, namely a penchant for bluffing. Tennant did this too, but Smith cranks it up to a very poetic eleven. The scene with the jammy dodger is utterly perfect. Agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, Tracy goes on. I like the fact that Doc makes Amy stay put when it gets dangerous. This is the right time for it. It's too soon for Amy to really understand all the risk in accompanying her madman with a box. One confusing thing was the clue we are supposed to get from the fact Amy can't remember anything about the Daleks. We are meant to think she lost that memory. I just assumed she was another oblivious redhead. Oops. Lovely callback, Tracy. <laughs> Tracy concludes New trip for this era Clap your hands if you believe in fairies A.K.A. Think you're human hard enough And you'll become one Second new trope Amy is confused Shit is constantly happening to Amy Shit she doesn't understand But disregards Amy has forgotten the Daleks She should probably care about this But she doesn't There are many instances of this coming up So stay tuned Rating Spinal tap Because it's just her eleven Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Thank you very much. Uh, and you can follow Tracy on Twitter? She's at Yekart Nyatnov. That's found in Tracy backwards. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> That's it for Listener Minilands. Partly I want to say because we didn't announce beforehand that we were recording this today. <laughs> Sorry about that, <laughs> podcast lands. If you want to, you can still obviously add your listener minis to whobackwhen.com. Just navigate to this episode and plop it in the comments at the bottom. Uh, in the meantime, this was fun. What's up next? The next Classic Who episode will be of The Mutants. Indeed. Oh, thank you very much, Churchill. <laughs> And the next new Who episode, Marie, will be... The Time of Angels. Ooh. Bingo, bongo. Stephen Moffat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the one that I... Th- oh, ooh, what were you going to say? Ripper. So yes! excited for Oh, super duper excited. I was so excited when the little snippet came on for the next episode. I can't wait for next week. <laughs> oh, looking forward to it, looking forward to it. Leon, were you going to say this is the one you thought Blink was? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before rewatching Blink and going, oh, this is what Blink was. <laughs> uh, 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 I have not fond necessarily because I remember being scared shitless by <laughs> the upcoming episode, but I, I remember mm. it being quite good. I also remember both of you, I think, when we were watching the Blink episode saying, no, oh, that one's not very good. Anyway, stay I tuned. I've never seen it, oh. but then I did die in 1965. <laughs> <laughs> My condolences. People can follow us on Twitter, can they not? Marie, you're not on Twitter, but the <laughs> former prime minister next to you <laughs> might want to plug someone's Twitter account. <laughs> Churchy, are you fo- whom are you following on Twitter that you would like other people to follow? I most closely identify with at Drew Backrain. <laughs> there you can find me. <laughs> I would also like to plug at Drew back when because it's a great Twitter account. But if you want to high-five me online, you can as well. I'm at Ponkin. Uh, you know how to spell that. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh, Okie dokie. Uh, until the next time. <laughs> Rock on and be excellent to each other. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs> Playing musical chairs. <laughs> 
Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account, no lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom-de-plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your ear balls in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or, <laughs> still funny, audio Who review. Cha-chow. Who back when? <laughs>